to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season three, episode 14, Bad Girls. We are, we are running to the end. So I didn't think I had any announcements. And then last night, Sarah Michelle Geller announced on Instagram <laughs> that she is getting over COVID. Oh, poor girl. Poor girl. She is, uh, she is, she's feeling fine apparently, but she was like, this is no joke. She's like, I am relatively young, relatively fit, but I do have asthma. And so like she, she apparently struggled and she's like, I will, I will wear a mask in the shower if I never get yeah. this again. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Yeah. It's rough. I mean, I was lucky I didn't get it, but watching my husband, watching Mr. Froggy with it was, was difficult. And he also, I mean, he was going through some health issues before he got COVID. Mm-hmm. So getting getting COVID didn't help anything. And I mean, he was he looked scary for a while between the stomach issues he was having and COVID. And yeah, so luckily he's still here to be a pain in my ass. We would miss Mr. Froggy. We, we would. We would. But yeah, so we're all glad Sarah's feeling better. All right, so let's get to it. Bad Girls, it aired February 9th, 1999, and our synopsis is, a new watcher irritates Giles (laughs) and prompts Buffy to take foolish chances while battling a once-banished group of demons. I love Wesley Wyndham Price. (sighs) Wesley Wyndham Price and I need to step outside and have a chat a couple moments during this episode. He's- But I do adore him. He needs, I mean, he needs to bring it down a few notches. He is he is all the way up at a fifteen, and he just needs he he bring it on down. Like yeah, he's but I love him. He's he's annoying. He he means well, but yeah, yeah, I love him, and I love that that again. We're gonna get he's gonna end up on Angel and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of Wesley as time goes on. We're gonna see Wesley change. Yeah, continue coming to his own. But right now, oh, Wesley, Wesley, yeah, Wesley definitely gets he gets a great character arc. Come Angel too, when he becomes a rogue demon hunter. <laughs> What's a rogue demon? <laughs> I was doing that to Panda last night. <laughs> I know maybe Friday. Whenever we were, I was finishing watching this. No, it had it been last night when we were finished watching this episode? She was just like, it's like, what's a rogue demon? She's like, stop it. <laughs> So what are our international titles? This week, we have a few, because most of them were just bad girls. In French, we have El Eliminati. <laughs> I mean, the other people. That makes in sense. German, The New Watcher. Oh. Italian is just Baltazar. Okay. And Polish, because these women were bad. I like that. <laughs> That sounds fun. Let's use that. Because these women were bad. Because. Like, just the just how because these women were bad. And it has dot, dot, dot. So it feels like here's here's all the things that happened because these women were bad. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Poland. Wow. Still going to use it because I still love it. But wow, mm-hmm. Poland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we jump right into the action this week. Buffy and Faith, once again, taking part in some synchronized slaying as they talk about Xander, who Faith is quite surprised to learn Buffy has never hooked up with. 
But what about all that nightly action? Sweating side by side? She never thought about a little after hours oomph? Nope. She loves Xander, but she doesn't love Xander. Besides, that's friendship ending stuff. Faith tells her she thinks too much, and she grabs Faith's arm. Faith's on the tracks. There's one more vampire. How does she know? She thinks too much. (laughs) Quietly making their way across the cemetery, Buffy says they'll go on the count of three. But she only makes it to one before Faith is launching herself over a gravestone and going on the attack. This puts her at a disadvantage, as she attacked alone, and puts Buffy at a disadvantage when she moves to assist because she wasn't ready or prepared for that move. But eventually, they get the sucker staked, Faith thanks Buffy for the distraction, and she makes it clear that it was not a distraction. That was her fighting for her life. (laughs) What happened to count of three? This isn't a Tupperware party. You can't plan. Three isn't a plan. Three is Sesame Street. (laughs) Whatever. They got them. Who were they anyway? Buffy's unsure. They don't seem local. If they grab the weapons, they can take them to Giles and the vampire's weapons are gone. Vanished. Taken by trick. Who deposits them on the mayor's desk? (laughs) The mayor, who is reading the paper, well, the comics, seems to be highly amused by them. Especially Family Circus. Setting the paper aside, he takes the weapons. Well then, he hasn't seen anything like them in quite a while. Where's their owner? Trick says the common term is slain, (laughs) as in killed by the slayers. But he's been seeing that breed around. Are they expecting trouble? The mayor's response is to ask if he likes family service. <laughs> he likes Marmaduke. The mayor makes a bleh sort of face like that. He's always on the furniture. Unsanitary. That's the thing. No one can tell Marmaduke what to do. It makes him tricks kind of dog. Wanting to be part of the conversation, Alan says he likes Kathy. Aw, Alan. I know. I Aw, poor Alan. But as the mayor and trick just stare at him, he changes directions. So what about the swords? The mayor says they'll just keep an eye out. After all, the dedication is coming up and they don't want anything to interfere with that. Alan suggests maybe postponing the dedication? Trick says that the mayor hates that idea. And he does. He definitely does. Getting up from his desk, he stops towards the cabinet. Alan all but jumping out of the way. He says the dedication is the last step before his ascension. That after the 100 days, he'll be on a different plane with no need for, well, let's just say he'll no longer be bothered by the little things. (laughs) He tells Mr. Trick to watch them. Anything he finds out about them, make sure it reaches the Slayers. With any luck, they'll kill one another and then, well, everyone will win. And by everyone, the mayor, of course, means him. Credits. Still awesome. Uh, so before we go on, let's talk about the many, many references we got. So many. We have we have so many pop culture <laughs> references and ooh. Uh, Tupperware parties, Sesame Street, Family Circus, Marmaduke, and Kathy. So Tupperware parties, uh, once upon a time in the 50s and 60s, these parties, uh, gatherings held by suburban housewives, were actually the only way to buy Tupperware. Mm-hmm. Uh, stores hadn't yet started stocking food preservation materials. All the similar items hadn't come out. So you would go to these parties, play games, eat food, and buy Tupperware, which is a lot like the parties that today's MLMs have, only Tupperware was not really scammy. Yeah, yeah, it's and and the thing is, like a lot of the MLMs that have been around for a long time, Avon, Mary Kay, Tupperware, they weren't really scammy at the time. And and also the thing about them were at the time, 
the market wasn't oversaturated. No. We didn't have the connection with the internet and with social media the way that we do now, which makes it difficult for anybody who gets into these things to do it. Now, I sold Longa Burger Baskets back in the early 2000s, the really crazy, expensive baskets. I even went to one of the conferences. I feel there are stories here you've never told me. Um, There's really not because okay. I really didn't do that well. Oh, all right. Because you know me and you know I'm not a pushy person. No. So I got a free trip to the conference and then at that point, I'm looking around at all these crazy women who are way into this. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. So I'm just going to. I think I sold to my mom and her some of her friends. And that was it. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like even in the early 2000s with these multi-level marketing, they weren't quite as scammy as they are yeah. now. And they didn't, they didn't push you the way that they do now and having to do all of this. So yeah, it really wasn't. And Tupperware, again, like, and the, the thing was, the, the thing about Tupperware was it was a way to get all your girlfriends together. Yeah. All the moms in the neighborhood would have a party. And even if only like one of them sold it, that was a way for, for them to, to actually socialize with each other. Pretty much. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Yeah, no, my my story of working in a multi-level marketing is not very exciting. Like I said, I think I did it a year and was like, mm, no, I'm not pushy enough to... I still love all those baskets, though. Sesame Street is, well, Sesame Street, a children's television show and home to Big Bird, Telly, Oscar, Bert, Ernie, so many other characters, including Rocco the Rock, who now everyone <laughs> knows from TikTok. The, oh man, the... The hatred that Elmo, Elmo, who is the sweetest little thing, has for Rocco is, yeah. And if you don't know Sesame Street, you need to go back to school and watch Sesame Street. So yeah, it premiered on PBS in 1969 and still runs on PBS, as well as HBO and HBO Max. It is actually one of the longest running television shows in the world. It's it's amazing. And it's, it's one of those shows that really taught teaches kids and taught kids mm -hmm. at the time about so many different things. I mean, a lot of us, when Mr. Hooper died, yeah, for a lot of kids from our generation, that might have been the first time that they experienced a death of, quote unquote, somebody they knew. And it was a way to teach. And they, they did not shy away and they don't shy away from teaching kids all sorts of different things. As of 2019, it had produced over 4,500 episodes, two feature-length movies, 35 TV specials, 200 home videos, and 180 albums. <sighs> My absolute favorite Sesame Street-related thing is Don't Eat the Pictures. I like that one. The Sesame Street visits the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I encourage everyone to try to find this. I know it was hard to find for a little while. I don't yeah. know if it is now, but everyone should watch it, especially Moon Knight fans. Yes. Yeah. I I definitely have to have to find that one because I know that that my little froggy wants to start going to museums. So that'll be a good way. And then I I have clear memories of going to see Follow That Bird in the movies. I don't know if I saw it 
in the movies, but I remember watching it on TV a lot. And then when my own Froggy was little, we watched Oscar in Trashland? Garbage Land? Garbage Land? Yeah, I forget. We watched that so much. I I have flashbacks to it. And actually that that was where that is where I will fight people who talk about him living in a in a trash can. I'm like, no, no. Oh no, there is a whole world. That is just a doorway. <laughs> and then was this is me straight up and said where Roy Kent was in the trash can. Oh so. Roy Kent. Roy he's he's having a moment. He's having his moment. I love him so much. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, Family Circus, Marmaduke, and Kathy are all comic strips known to appear in the Sunday paper. Family Circus was started in 1960 by Bill Keen and still goes on today. Since Bill's death in 2011, the strip has been written and inked by his son, Jeff. And it's basically a fictionalized version of their own family and depicts humorous everyday situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marmaduke was started in 1954, depicting the adventures of a Great Dane, Marmaduke, his best friend, a cat named Carlos, and the Wilson family. When the original creator, Brad Anderson, died in 2015, it left the fate of the strip unknown. Older strips still are in circulation and syndication, mostly strips penned alongside his son, Paul. And Kathy was <laughs> drawn by Kathy Gisweif. Gisweif? Gisweif. I forget. Yeah. Um, Started in 1976, went to 2010. Uh, at its peak, it was like in 1,400 newspapers. It's basically Kathy, the basically the artist poking fun at herself and like the troubles of modern women, like food, work, love, and dealing with your mom. Ack. Yeah, ack. The ack <laughs> comes from... Ack. The ack comes from Kathy. I can see that. <laughs> um, And I think... Like with some of the other strips, like there's not new ones anymore, but they do still syndicate the older ones. Yeah, the thing about the thing about Kathy was it always just made you think of your mom. Oh yeah, like your mom, somebody, somebody else's mom. It just and and also like a lot of her struggles don't really translate to women of our generation. No, it was very much like the 80s working girl. Yeah, yeah, because she, yeah, her her suits that she wore always had the big shoulder pads. Yeah, so it, it definitely, but you know, like I still love some of her things could relate to me, but not yeah. a lot. But, but good on Alan for liking Kathy. Yeah, that's okay. Good I, I like, I like that he likes, he's, he's supporting the working girl. Yes, that's right. Good Alan. <laughs> The next morning, the gang sits in the student lounge, Xander marveling over Willow's many, many early admission packets. See, he's expecting just a single slip of paper with the word no (laughs) written on it. In crown, Oz assures him that they're typing those now. (laughs) Willow just, she got in to actual colleges and they're wooing her. They are pitching woo. Rejection she can handle. She's had years of experience. But this... Buffy says the wooing stage is always nice. And Xander says he feels Willow's pain because he is trying to make the very tough decision of going into either appliance repair or hotel management. He's still waiting to hear back from the corn dog emporium. Fingers crossed. Poor Xander. <laughs> well, poor Xander in a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, it's not going to get better for him. Buffy thinks it's great. Early admission. Now there's nothing standing between Willow and her ultra bright future. I suggest graduation because, you know, being held back, not the thrill ride you would expect. (laughs) 
Uh, also note that in this scene, Oz is wearing a shirt that features the English punk band Eater. Yep. So Cordelia comes over, planning their futures as losers. Cute. Most people just turn out that way, but they're really taking charge. Which, had Cordelia stopped there, would have been fine. Yep. But no, no. She once again has to go and make things super personal. Because, yes, yes, Xander does say she is dressed like a sex worker, and that is wrong. That is, yeah. But Cordelia responds by outing the fact that Xander's father does not have a job. Yeah. Is to the fuck, and obviously, obviously, this is a reaction to what's going on in her house. Mm -hmm. We're going to find out that, like, her father doesn't have a job, and she's not dealing with that well, and she's laughing. But still, but still, what the fuck? Yeah, because, like, I don't know how long all of that's been going on, but her increasingly personal attacks, like, her attacks before they got together and they had their falling out were just mean girl yeah, it was always about their clothes or, like, Xander's lack of coordination. Or yeah. Like, it was stuff like that. It How they're, the whole, like, oh, you're, you know, oh, you're losers, blah, 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 blah. But since they broke up, and yes, Xander was in the wrong for it, her attacks on his family life, the way that they're, they're not wealthy. Yeah. And I, again, like, yes, it's a response to what her own life is going through, but that doesn't mean that she needs to bring it back on him especially how kind he is to her later on when he finds out yeah and that he doesn't let it he didn't hold any of that against her when he found out because he had every he would have every right oh absolutely every single right to to make fun of her but he was the better person i know i know look brendan is not the best person but no xander xander is not as awful as people look if you're all here you know how we feel about xander (laughs) as she walks away xander says he is not going to waste the perfect comeback on her not now but it's time will come he then begs someone anyone to say something (laughs) life after high school buffy says she hears it's nice not that she will ever find out not if she doesn't pass chemistry willow immediately says she can help Chemistry's easy. It's like witchcraft, but with less newt. <laughs> Study jam at her house that night. Buffy's there. But for now, she needs to go see Giles. Update him on the previous night's patrol. Which reminds Willow. Giles said he wanted to talk to Buffy. Oh? What about? Is he okay? Willow says he's looked better. <laughs> Wonder why? Oh, no. Because of Wesley! Wesley has oh, arrived! Welcome, Wesley. He's in the library, prattling on about training, while Giles looks like he wants to put his head through a wall. Giles' whole demeanor and his complete feeling of doneness. Like, I love how, like, because you can see, like, he has his jacket hanging on his on a chair. His waistcoat is unbuttoned. He is not looking his... And I love he's sitting on the table. Yeah, no... There's a lot of sassy Giles in this, this episode. This is one of this is this is definitely one of the sassiest Giles episodes. Actually, everybody's sass levels in this scene are very are good. High. Yeah, Wesley is apparently telling him about how watches are prepared now. It's not all books and theory. Oh no, there's field time. Wesley himself has even faced two vampires <laughs> under controlled circumstances. Giles assures him that he won't find those there. <laughs> vampires. Controlled circumstances. 
Which is when Buffy enters. Spying Wesley, she asks, New Watcher? New Watcher. Wesley introduces himself using his full name, but Buffy is unimpressed and ignores him, asking Giles if he's evil. Is he evil? <laughs> evil? The last one was evil. Right. Gwendolyn Post. They all heard about that. Wesley assures Buffy that Giles has checked his credentials most thoroughly and inquired about him to the council. But Wesley is glad to see that Buffy is on the ball as well. A good slayer is a conscious slayer. Wesley, I'm going to need you to chill. Uh, He needs to. Yeah. And I mean, and again, like when you think about where Giles was Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the series. Oh, yeah. Like he was a lot more composed about everything than than Wesley is. But. He knows. He knows how it works. And it also makes me wonder what the council told Wesley. Because I don't we, know. Because Giles is competent. He he he's kept his slayer going. Like he's he's done the work. Like, yes, he got close to him, to her, but it makes me wonder like what like what the council was telling everybody else about Giles. Because the way Wesley is talking to him. Well, we find out a little bit about that later. Yeah. Because Wesley does bring up stuff. Yeah. So I think Travers just went back and like bowed masked him to anyone who would listen because fucking Travers. Fucking Travers. Yeah. You know, like when I when I ask these questions a lot, I just completely forget everything that's to come because <laughs> I have a bad brain. Uh, it happens. Again, Buffy asks, is he evil? <laughs> Not in the strictest sense, no. <laughs> Wesley is starting to get a bit flustered by this lack of welcome, says now that they've covered all that, how about Buffy tell him everything about last (laughs) night's patrol as he gets himself a shiny new notebook ready to take notes. Oh, Wesley. Wesley, bless your heart. Vampires. Yes. Killed them. Anything else? Buffy looks at Giles and he nods, motioning for her to tell him. One of them had swords, but it didn't seem like he was with the other two. Swords? Wesley immediately goes for his books. One long, one short, both pointy, and with jewels. Giles says that does sound familiar, and Wesley says it should. Apparently, this vampire was part of a duelist cult, a cult that eventually became acolytes of the demon Balthazar, who brought them to the New World, a.k.a. Sunnydale. Giles is impressed. Kind of. (laughs) Says Wesley seems to know a lot about them. Well, he didn't get this job because of his looks. Buffy believes that. (laughs) Wesley says he has studied the history of this town extensively. Giles asks why they've never encountered this cult before. They were driven out about a hundred years ago, and Balthazar was killed, although he doesn't know by whom. Okay, so then why are they back? It seems Balthazar had an amulet, believed it gave him strength. After Balthazar died, it fell into the hands of a wealthy landowner. He was buried with it, and now the remaining cult members are looking for it. And he doesn't think the amulet poses a threat? Not at all. Still, best to keep it from the vampires. Buffy will go to the cemetery, to the family vault of the Landover, and retrieve the amulet. She will. Is she not used to being given orders? (laughs) Buffy says whenever Giles sends her on a mission, he always says please. And afterwards, she gets a cookie. (laughs) I I love this woman. This, yeah, Sarah is so cute in this scene. Like, the way, again, like, she's just so good at going from one mode to another and her delivery is great and that's it's moments like this that keep me coming back and make me remember how much i love this show just so many of these moments are memorable 
And also, like, the little looks she and Giles give each other. And the fact that Giles is trying not to laugh. Yeah. It's just, and, the whole yeah. thing is adorable. Yeah, the acting, the very subtle act. And, and even Anthony's face through this scene and just very, there's very subtle acting going on. And, again, these are only moments that you get, you know, several seasons into a show when these actors are so comfortable mm-hmm. with each other. And you can almost feel like some of this is improvised because they know how the characters would react to this Mm -hmm. weirdo coming in. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything else to call him. I like it. He is a weirdo. He is. Wesley does not find them adorable and says that perhaps they're getting off on the wrong foot. Before he can say anything else, Faith enters the library. New watcher? New watcher. New watcher. Screw that. (laughs) She turns to leave and Buffy wonders why she didn't just say that. Because you're the good one, Buffy. You're you you're the good yes. this a couple episodes. Yeah, back. you you know, yeah, you already established that you're the you're the good slayer. Giles gives her a look and she says she'll try to get Faith back, <laughs> sarcastically telling Wesley not to say anything in like exciting while she's gone. <laughs> Giles, like and the dad moment. The dad this this is dad Giles mm-hmm. through and through. Just like oh, as she two departs, Wesley says they'll get used to him as both Wesley and Giles <laughs> go to clean their glasses. And Giles is so disgusted that he's doing the same thing. <laughs> so Wesley is played by, obviously, Alexis Densoff, <laughs> who we love and adore. He yes. has just, he has done so much stuff. He has done this. He went on to do Angel. He was in The Avengers. Mm-hmm. He's been in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. He's been in Legacies. He did Grimm. Uh, he, ha- you know, he acted with his wife once again on How I Met Your Mother. And we'll talk a little bit about him and Allison towards the end of the episode. Uh, Alexis is also from Maryland. Oh! He is not British. No, he's not. He's from Maryland. He was born in Salisbury. And if everything that we know is true, meaning like the stories we were all told, I am like three degrees away from Alexis because my friend Toddy's prom date was from Baltimore and apparently he and Alexis knew each other growing up. Oh, that's cool. So, so three degrees, three degrees of Wesley Wyndham Price. (laughs) For three names. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, as, as annoying as Wesley is, he is delightful. Alexis is delightful and yeah, we're 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 glad to we're glad to see that he's gonna be sticking around. Outside, Buffy rushes to catch up with Faith, who really does just continue to roam the campus of Sunnydale I, High despite I, not when, being a student. When again, when I was watching this, rewatching it, it just struck me how different of a world the late nineties were. Especially when we get to the test scene. Yeah, yeah, like you could just and the fact that, like, she just roams the halls at her own free will. And has anybody ever questioned who this girl is that keeps showing up? I feel like Snyder up? at some point would have stopped her. Yeah, they're like, the, she is clearly con- convorting with these people who are troublemakers, one of which got expelled at one point. She looks like trouble, you know, not to, you know type somebody but yeah yeah like why is she allowed to come and go oh the mysteries of sunnydale plus don't we have another entrance to the library didn't we establish that 
Yes, there's else. a back door. Like, we could have her, like, she could come through the back and not have to walk through the school. She could also come in through the sewers, like apparently could, Angel does, but or you know. come in through the window. No, this, again, like, again, this could have happened in the 90s. Like, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we, like, even, like, my school, I think up until my graduation, you could just come and go as you pleased. Buffy says she knows the new guy is a dork, but, well, actually, she didn't have anything to follow that. <laughs> just, he's a dork. And she's going to take orders from him? That's the job. What else can they do? Faith says, whatever they want. They're slayers. The chosen two. They can't just let them take all the fun out of it. <laughs> yeah, because that would be tragic. Taking all the fun out of slaying, the staking, stabbing, beheading. Faith looks at her. Can she honestly say she doesn't dig it? Faith knows. Knows Buffy loves it. <laughs> Gets juiced by it. The look in her eyes after a kill. She's definitely hungry for more. Buffy says she's way off base. But Faith isn't buying it. Tells her that after a while, she doesn't get in a good sleigh. That isn't she just itching for a vamp to come along so she can... <laughs> Buffy is a bit disturbed. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of... The, the, like, yeah, Faith, Faith's take on slaying a lot. I mean, we already established that she gets riled up after slaying. But yeah, Buffy is not comfortable with that. Faith, she just says that slaying is what they were built for. Buffy isn't enjoying it. She's doing something wrong. As she begins to walk off, Buffy says, what about the assignment? Faith says, how about she does the homework? And Faith will copy hers. That night, Buffy does in fact do the homework. (laughs) Heading to the Gleaves family crypt. No matter how much she doesn't want to be, she is the good child. As she enters, the place seems empty. Void of any activity. She opens the first tomb, looking for the amulet nothing but the second jackpot however before she can grab it a bunch of vamps come in and she's forced to hide in the first tomb <laughs> they grab the amulet and leave once they're gone buffy climbs out of the tomb to find faith was she hiding in there <laughs> she was looking for the amulet but didn't anticipate the special guest stars six against one so yeah she hit well it's six against two now so faith grabs her hand to help and begins to pull her outside just in time to see them disappear into the sewer buffy tells her to stop think Wait. But Faith just responds with, no, no, no. It's a manhole. Tight space. Not a lot of chance to escape. And there's at least six of them. They need a plan. Nah, Faith isn't about the plan. She's about jumping down there and seeing what she finds. Who knows? There may even be more of them. And if Buffy doesn't come after her, well, she could die. (laughs) She jumps down and after letting out a long, exasperated sigh... So does Buffy. She's learned that from Giles. Back in the library, Giles paces while Wesley looks over the Watcher's Diaries. Hey. Yay. Giles is included. He finds Giles' first entry where he calls Buffy willful and insolent. <laughs> Wesley says, that's their girl. No, Wesley, don't do that. No. No, no. No, no. no, no. no that's... Not yours. No. Giles says one simply needs to get to know her. He then finds where Giles commented on her vocabulary. Wesley says, this is going to make for some fascinating reading. Looking at his watch, Giles says she should be back by now. Wesley says that actually, she should be back in about a minute, according to his mission scenario. (laughs) Nothing to worry about, and certainly no trouble. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because what is going on in the sewers looks a lot like trouble. Faith and Buffy battling the group of vampires. They're completely surrounded and yet holding their own. 
At one point, Buffy launches a stake at a vampire who is attacking Faith, hitting him in the back and dusting him. At another point, one of the vamps offers to settle things honorably, challenging Buffy to a duel. Honestly, I think she should have taken him up on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, like I like the traditional yeah. sense from the duelist vampires. Or at least told him what happened to the last vampire she got into a sword fight with. Yeah, yeah. Instead, she kicks his sword away as another vamp holds her down in a pool of water, which, given she Ooh. was drowned before, could not be pleasant for Buffy. No, bad flashbacks. But- it is a terrific callback, especially mm-hmm. as once the vamps think they did in fact kill her, she grabs the sword and pops back up from the water saying she hates when they drown her. <laughs> Seeing as they are not going to win, the remaining vampires start to back off and Faith tells Buffy they gotta go. First, Buffy steals the amulet off one of the vamps using the tip of the sword. Since, you know, that's what they came there for. Faith says there's no way she gets, she isn't getting off on this. <laughs> Buffy admits... It doesn't suck. The next morning, Wesley examines the amulet. It looks legit, but it will still need actual verification. Buffy says, how about he verifies the fact his his extinct cult was out en masse? She and Faith got into a serious party situation. Giles wants to know if she's okay. She's fine. Just needed to take about a million showers to wash the sewer off, but she's not the good. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Wesley, not getting Buffy's pointed comment, or just ignoring it, says that yes, it was more than they expected, but he would expect her to be ready for anything. After all, three key words for any slayer is preparation, preparation, preparation. (sighs) Buffy says that's just one word three times. (laughs) The bell rings and Buffy gets up to leave. Chem test. She tells Giles they'll talk later. This causes Wesley to remind Buffy that he is now her watcher. So wait, and- I just had a thought. I just had a thought. Yes. Going back going back to the fact that we were talking about um, Faith coming and going in the school. Now there is a random adult. Yeah, I thought about that too. And he also like chaperoning the prom. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he's the library assistant and we just I, never you know like that. It was just one of those things that were as we were as you were talking, it just hit me in the face so yeah now there is and i mean it gets creepier when cordelia you know when they start yeah. flirting but yeah. no one cares it's yeah crazy. yeah no it's it i mean at least giles works there and yes. it's confirmed that he works there it is confirmed that he works there yes like and he still has a job after being fired from the watchers but yeah it just hit me that now there's another random, like an adult hanging around. You know, we have to do background checks. I ha- I'm i a parent. And in order for me to do anything with the school, I have to go through a background check and get an ID. So I'm like looking to see if anybody has like, <laughs> if it was ever said in anything. And people are just like, yeah, no, it was the 90s. You yeah, that's in the 90s. That's basically that's basically what it is. It's just Okay. There's a random adult in the school who doesn't have a child in the school. Anything she has to say about slaying, she can say to him. The only thing she needs to discuss with Giles is overdue book fees. Are they understood? Ignoring him, Buffy looks back at Giles. They'll talk, of course. She leaves and Wesley is unhappy. He tells Giles (sighs) he's not helping. And Giles, Giles is full of sass. (laughs) Responding with, he knows. He feels just sick about it. (laughs) 
Oh, Giles. Giles is not here for your shit, Wesley. In chem class, Buffy is trying to explain how she felt during the fight to Xander and Willow. How she just let go, become this force. Willow says she totally gets it. And Buffy says, no, she doesn't. Because she can't. It's a Slayer thing. She doesn't even think she's explaining it right. Maybe not, but Xander says she sure is explaining it a lot. Test books are handed out, and the teacher class proctor says they have one class period to complete it. And no talking. <laughs> of course, right after she says that, Buffy starts talking again, continuing her story. The teacher calls her out for it, and Buffy makes the lip-sealed motion. <clears throat> they have one hour. Yeah, the lip-sealed motion doesn't last long. Buffy wanting to continue talking. Willow tries to tell her, test. You know, the thing she neglected to come over and study for? Right. Right. But just one more thing. So she and Faith. Xander asks if they can continue Buffy's ode to Faith another time. <laughs> like when he is not actively multiple choicing. Buffy wants to know why every time she says Faith, his eye twitches. <laughs> what? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Faith. His eye does indeed twitch. And Xander tells her to cut it out. He is highly caffeinated and they have a test to take. Some people actually care about school. At which point the camera shows Willow. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know it's not Xander. He just doesn't want to talk about Faith. Buffy makes a fine sort of face and turns back around ready to begin her test when Faith knocks on the classroom window. Opening it up, she asks if this is a bad time. (laughs) Before blowing on the still closed part and drawing a little heart with a stake going into it. Okay. So at the beginning, the proctor teacher says something about it them being on the honor system. So I'm guessing that means there's no adult in the room. Ah, uh, yeah. Because otherwise a teacher would have at least said something. Oh, yeah, because she, yeah. Like may not have been able to stop her, yeah. but would have at least said something. It was the 90s. We, we, I've, we've said it once, we've said it again. The 90s was a lawless wasteland. It was. And like, side note, but it's fine. So like, that was like somebody was like, well, I find the episode where they go to get the thing from the army, very unrealistic. And I'm like, why? Like, I went to high school and, that, and we just wandered on. Like, yeah. nobody checked our IDs. Nothing. I went yeah. to high school next to a naval base. Not a single person. Pre, pre-9-11. Yeah, you just wandered on to places. Like, you, yeah, yeah. Pre-9-11, I mean, there, we, a lot of things changed. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize just how loose and lax a lot of things were before 9-11. And also, like, you know, we live we live in a time now where there's a lot of threats that are around and you never know what's going to happen. But in the 90s, we're just like, I'm going to go to this place. They're going to let me on. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just... Light of girls in kilts off to get fries at the base McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, no the, one, the only no thing... No asked a question. The only thing they might have is a metal detector in mm-hmm. some places. Yeah, like, it's... Now, granted, you couldn't go into restricted areas, but... No. Going onto a going on to a base... You can just wander on. Yeah, I mean, we, we actually... Now that I'm thinking about it, we went to an Air Force base to visit when I was a kid, and they're just like, yeah, have fun. Wander around. Don't go into any doors that say don't enter. Yeah. Oh, the 90s. I know. It, it's really it's really hard to explain to people just how, how much again, changed. lawless wasteland. That is exactly what it is. Buffy looks from Faith to the test and then gets up. All while Willow protests that she can't. She can't just leave. And yet she does. 
She climbs out the window following Faith. What's up, vampires? Uh, it's daylight, so unless there's an eclipse on the way, daylight just means it's good for them. Bad for the vamps. Faith found a nest. Arriving at the nest, they bust in, shattering the windows and allowing the sunlight in. As the vamps scatter, some on fire, they pull out stakes. <laughs> Rise and shine, it's their wake-up call. From there, they hit the bronze, having fun and dancing to music like nobody is watching. <laughs> but there are people watching. Of First course. some teenage boys who they allow to sort of join in, but mostly ignore. And then Angel, who Buffy goes to grief by jumping him. He said he saw her with friends. Them? They're just boys. She likes him. <laughs> she then notices his serious face. What's up? He's not afraid of a little old her, is he? He says she better sit down. She's beginning to think this is a business trip. <laughs> What's up? Bathazar. He's a dead demon. She knows. Not as dead as they think. Turns out he might be holed up in one of the warehouses looking for his amulet. Again, she knows. It's supposed to give him strength. Angel says according to what he knows, that is not something they want to see happen. Good thing they have the amulet then. That angel actually knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as he spoke to Giles. But Giles said it was given to appearing from around the corner. Wesley says, there Buffy is. Oh. Speak of the really annoying person. <laughs> Wesley says that Buffy sure gave him a run for his money. Sitting down beside her, he tries to lower his voice so Angel cannot hear. If she's going to go out slaying, he's going to need a number where he can reach her. Angel wants to know where the amulet is. Who is this? A friend. Wesley says the amulet is somewhere safe. Reaching into his coat, Buffy pulls the amulet out. How did she know? <laughs> she tosses the amulet to Angel, who tells Wesley that walking around with that is like walking around with a target. Buffy says Angel will put the amulet somewhere safe while she does recon on Balthazar. Wesley says that Balthazar is dead. Angel just tells Buffy to be careful and they kiss goodbye. Buffy off to grab Faith. Standing there, Wesley admits the fact that no one seems to be listening to him. <sighs> Buffy and Faith's dance in this scene would later be used as a reference for a scene featuring Kitty Pride and Rogue in X-Men Evolution. Yep. I went and I, I found a clip of that scene just to have just to see. It's a cute scene. Yeah. Yeah. We then go to Balthazar, who is very much alive and very Jabba like. Yeah. This is sitting, a very this is a very weird. Yeah, he's sitting in what appears to be a giant vat of liquid. With one of his acolytes continually pouring water on you know him. What, you know what this made me think of? It made me think of from Doctor Who. Moisturize me. <laughs> yeah, I kept saying that to my television. Yeah, moist- that's what I was. I was thinking that the whole time that the people were ladling water on him. He talks of what he sees. How he sees fear. A world crying out. And yet... He does not see the one thing he wants, his amulet. The acolytes say they had it, they found it, but the slayers, with a scream of frustration, Balthazar uses his powers to bring one of the acolytes to him, snapping his neck with the folds of his fat, which, ew, ew. <laughs> yeah, this this whole scene is a very bad, bad scene. Or the whole, yeah. the whole thing, the whole thing with Balthazar is just uncomfortable. He then, tell, he then calls another to him, beckoning him in close so he can tell him what he wants to see. Outside, Buffy and Faith take a peek through the window. There's maybe 10 acolytes plus Balthazar. They're going to need more firepower. You know, than the none they have on them. <laughs> <laughs> 
How about a rocket launcher? Right? Buffy suggests they return to the library. Faith, however, has other plans, especially as she spots a sporting goods store nearby. (laughs) Breaking the window, she steps inside, heading straight for the weaponry. Breaking open a case, she grabs a crossbow as Buffy asks if she thinks they're insured. (laughs) Shockingly, that's not Faith's priority. She tells Buffy that the philosophy of a slayer is very simple. Want, take, have. And she demonstrates by breaking the second case and grabbing nunchucks. You know, as many times as businesses in Sunnydale have gotten broken into or there have been natural disasters, I think they probably do have some good insurance. Yeah, they've got to have really good insurance. Yeah, I mean, they've ever since Buffy showed up and weird things have been happening, they I'm sure their policies are good. I would there's another there's another series, the insurance agents of Sunnydale. Why do we have all these good ideas? just do it's just that awesome i know want take have buffy thinks she's starting to get it and breaks the case herself grabbing a knife they continue snatching weapons until two cops enter the store guns aimed drop the weapons drop them or he'll shoot they do and he tells them to spread them faith says he wishes <laughs> they put their hands up and the cop in charge directs his partner to start cuffing them faith says she likes this cop he's butch once in the police car, the one cop says that was some heavy artillery they were putting together. Are they in one of those girl gangs? <laughs> yeah, they're the Slayers. He chuckles and Faith leans over asking Buffy if she wants to get out of there. Sinking down low in her seat, feet poised to kick the grate separating them from the back seat. They're separating the two cops from the back seat. When Buffy looks skeptical, Faith reminds her that they can't save the world from jail. <laughs> and so Buffy follows. They kick the grate, the cops crash the car, and they escape. The Buffy wonders if they shouldn't call an ambulance. Nah, they're fine. Plus, like, five people at least had to have heard the racket. With a final look at the two officers, Buffy runs off. The next morning, Buffy sits in the kitchen, scanning the paper. Most likely for any mention of the robbery or what happened to the two officers. Coming down in her robe, Joyce tells her to admit it. Doesn't she just wake up some days and say, To hell with the diet. Buffy is instantly (laughs) relieved, but also a bit on edge. Joyce asks if she wants waffles, a big Saturday brunch. No, she's not really hungry. So what did she and Faith do last night? Crime. <laughs> yes, obviously. But we're not going to tell Joyce that. No, no, we're not going to tell Mama Summers that. We're going to tell her nothing. No. Or, or, you know, nothing important. Joyce promises not to interfere as long as she's being careful. Is she sure she doesn't want waffles? She is, but if her mom really wants them, she can help make them. No, they only don't have calories if she makes them for Buffy. (laughs) Is she done with the paper? Handing the paper to Joyce, Buffy gets up and leaves the kitchen. Joyce wonders what's going on in Sunnydale today. Well, from the next scene, we know that one of the local Boy Scout troops is meeting the mayor. (laughs) They snap pictures and begin to leave, the mayor wishing them the best on their camping trip. He then begins closing all the blinds in his office so that Trick can enter. He tells Trick the troop is a great bunch of kids. Bright futures. Makes him just want to eat them all up. (laughs) So any word on the vampire cult? As he says that, he begins to open his little cabinet of curiosities. (laughs) And who should pop out but one of the cult members? He goes to attack the mayor. Alan quickly jumping out of the way. Alan, good. I mean, we know what's going to happen to you later. But, oh, Alan. But Trick cold clocks him. 
Always with the swords. <laughs> had he had an Uzi, he'd probably still be up and conscious. See, I feel Trick would have appreciated Buffy's rocket launcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he wants to kill the Slayer, but he would appreciate the firepower that she was carrying there. The mayor is a bit curious as to how he made it all the way to his cabinet. Don't they have security? No, I no. bread. <laughs> there's no security at Town Hall. There is there's no security anywhere. Like Alan begins stammering, saying he didn't know. If the mayor tells him not to swoon, they just need to keep things secure. He says to lock the vampire up. Trick reminds him that if said vampire comes to, he's just gonna try to kill the mayor again. Why, yes, he supposes he will. Back in his lair, still being moisturized, <laughs> Balthazar laments the loss of the captured accolade. He was brave, loyal, and yet Balthazar has jack shit to show for it. <laughs> I mean, at least he's got people moisturizing him, I guess. He tells them it's been a hundred years since his enemy banished him, and now his power is within his grasp. Forget honor, forget everything. Bring the Watchers to him and kill the Slayers. Kill everything that stands in their way. So Balthazar, and I mean, I think I think we get a little bit more of this later on, but Balthazar is totally implying that the mayor is the one who banished him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You get the point that he knows. Yeah. Because, yeah, because like I said, at the end, you get a little bit more that shows like he knows about the mayor. And, and he, because he says something like, you have no idea what's... Yeah, like, when he rises, you'll wish I had killed you. Yeah. Back at Buffy, she sits on her bed along with Willow, who has made her a little protection spell sachet. So cute. Does she like it? She does. I mean, you can't go wrong with protection, but she thought spell stuff was usually stinky. That's why Willow added the lavender. Give her time. She might be the first Wicca to do all her spells in pine fresh scents. Willow's not a Wicca. Yeah, uh, we. I know we talked about that she's before. Not. She's just, she's not. She's, no, I know. Mary, Mary, uh, we talked about this before. I know it we was, talked about it. It was now Willow's saying it with her own mouth and it's making <laughs> me mad. It's making me mad. Why do they make Willow say bad things? It was, it was a catch-all term in the 90s. It was what everybody recognized. I know, Mary. Believe me. I know. And whose mouth would she say it with besides her own? I don't know. We're not there yet on skill level. I'm like, I'm sure Dark Willow could have made sense to say it, but we'll get there. So what's the plan? For the slayage later that night? They're going, right? Buffy says they are, yeah. But there's a but. A but? Willow's not going. Oh. She supposes it makes sense with her facing big, hairy danger and all. The biggest and the hairiest and risking her life. Exactly. So why risk Willows? Because she's her friend and she's done this a million times. Plus, you know, minty, fresh protection. <laughs> Buffy doesn't want to take that chance. Faith shows up then and whoo, things get awkward. <laughs> Buffy is saying she has to go. But they'll totally hang another time. Right. Yeah. Willow will just get her stuff. As Buffy and Faith head off on patrol, Willow sits alone on Buffy's bed, calling herself stupid for Aww. ever thinking the protection sachets would be an asset. Aw, Willow. So I'm, I'm just going to need everyone to remember this scene. 
because this, along with other things, are really going to play into Willow's feelings next episode. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just what she finds out next episode. It's the fact that she's clearly feeling replaced by Faith. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not just, it's not just that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's the whole thing. Which, again, is so, like, because of the way that they set everything up with Faith being in and out. Yeah. You know, the fact that Willow is always there for Buffy. Yeah. And then whenever Faith shows up, it's all about Faith. Which also, to be fair, Faith makes it all about herself. Oh, yeah. When you have a very strong personality like that, it's easy to get swept up in everything. Poor Willow, though. Walking along the mean streets of Sunnydale, Buffy and Faith patrol, Faith carrying a wicked-looking bow. She calls it a longbow, but it looks more like a compound to me. But also, she's holding it at an angle where I can't really tell what it is. And also, it doesn't matter, Mary. It does matter! (laughs) It matters! It matters. You know, I I had to. I know, but it matters. It matters so much. I love pushing your buttons. It's just, it matters. Who, who can push your buttons as well as I can? Not many people. <laughs> Panda. Probably Panda and like Tiva who. Well. I felt bad yeah. meal with him this morning, but I was sore and I had just vacuumed and then he wanted to tear up like something all over the floor. I had just. Thank <laughs> you. It's like, buddy, why are you like this? See, he's he, but he's puppy. He doesn't do it on purpose. Yeah. No, Me and Panda. Just, he, this is true. You should do it on purpose. We do it on purpose. He's baby. He's, he is baby. He, yeah. Buffy can't believe Faith went back for all the weaponry. Faith wants to know if Buffy wants some ribs after. A vamp jumps down, and we go to the library where Wesley is. I think trying to explain to Giles why he got fired. Oh, poor Giles! I mean, we kind of come into the middle of the conversation. Wesley telling Giles that he has an emotional problem. Giles tells him that his attachment to Buffy is not a problem. In fact, it has been rather useful. Wesley is not listening, though, telling Giles that the way he handled his assignment was an embarrassment to the council. Oh, you can, that is all Travers. Yeah, I must have better watch his mouth or I'm going to, I'm going to need him to step outside. I know. Just we're, to, we're just to talk. Yeah, just to talk, just a few words. Provided, you know, Ripper doesn't take him out first. Yeah, because, yeah. The, oh. the, 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 I, I am, I am, I commend Giles. Giles for, is holding it together much better than I would be. He, uh, he, like the fact that he could keep his cool so well around Travers and Wesley when they're shaming him for his fatherly love for Buffy is, yeah, he, 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 he should punch somebody. Giles says if he wants to criticize his methods, fine, but keep his snide remarks to himself. And while he's at it, don't criticize his methods. <laughs> Wesley says the truth of the matter is, is that Giles is no longer qualified to act as a watcher. Oh, fuck off, Wesley. And whew, the, whew, oh. the look Giles gives him. Yeah, Panda walked in at this point and was like, yes, that look, that look right there. That is what Wesley deserves. Yes, if that is Giles keeping his cool. Especially as he continues saying that it's not Giles's fault. He's done well. It's just simply time for someone else to take the field. Seeing the vampires that have appeared at the window of his office, Giles says now seems like a good time to start. <laughs> Which is when we go back to Buffy and Faith, staking vampires as they make their way towards the fa- towards the warehouse. 
That is, until they accidentally come across Alan. Buffy grabs him, slamming him into a dumpster, and Faith goes in for the kill. Realizing who it is and that he is not a vampire, Buffy calls for Faith to stop. But it's too late. The stake plunges into his heart and he goes (sighs) down. Buffy is instantly in front of him, saying they need to help him call 911. Faith says she she didn't know. She didn't know. Buffy needs something to stop the bleeding. Not that it would matter. Faith's aim was too on point. Blood trickles from Alan's mouth and he slips away as Buffy watches horrified. Alan did not deserve that. No, no. Alan, Alan was a precious baby. Looking around, Faith says they need to go. And she pulls Buffy away from the body, escaping the alley. They take off running, separating. Buffy runs into Angel, who tells her that he went by the warehouse looking for her and that Balthazar, he has Giles. Faith, meanwhile, goes back to the body. And it it is hard not to feel for Faith in this moment. Yeah. Like, she is not going to handle this well at all. Oh, no. No. You can already see, like, the number this is doing on her and, like, how bad she feels. And unfortunately, like, Faith's, like, default mode is survival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that she has always done has been fight or flight. Yeah, and it's like, do what you have to do to take care of yourself because nobody else is going to. Yeah, I mean, look look what happened when Kakistos came, you know, she was ready yeah. to leave. That's that's what she does. In the warehouse, Giles and Wesley stand before Balthazar. Wesley clearly in over his head, panicking even as he tells Giles <laughs> they must remain calm. Oh, what is Wesley. that thing? Giles says, it's his demon, you know, the dead one. And Wesley says, there's no reason to get snippy. False. Uh, no. False. There is always reason to be snippy. Especially with you, Wesley. Bathazar commands them to come forth, asking if they know why they are there. If it's to help scrub those hard-to-reach places, Giles respectfully requests he kill them now. <laughs> this causes one of the acolytes to hit him, which just makes <laughs> Giles respond with a glare and an ow. Yeah. I just, I love done Giles. Oh, like, yeah. Giles, he, Giles is done. He has been having a rough time of it. You know, since even before Wesley showed up, but Wesley showing up just increased his annoyance. And now here he is being held captive. Poor Giles. Poor Giles. He's just, he needs a vacation. Wesley is completely losing it, telling Giles that this is not the time for games. Why not? The demon's probably going to kill them anyway. Giles is like, yeah, whatever. My life's going to end here in this warehouse with him. And and Giles has gone through so much shit since he came to Sunnydale. Oh, yeah. And I think what, like, also he's just, like, going back to Wesley saying he killed two vampires under controlled conditions. When Giles has been knocked out how many times? He has been, and he keeps going into fights. Yeah. Like, He's been in this position before. He's been tortured before. This is minor compared to... He had his girlfriend... His girlfriend was killed by the evil version of his Slayer's boyfriend. Yeah, this is... This is nothing. This is a Tuesday. (laughs) Wesley says surely they can resolve this rationally. They have something the demon wants, and he has something they want. A trade? Balthazar seems intrigued. But then orders the acolytes to bring him Wesley's kneecaps. (laughs) The Slayer! She gave the amulet to a friend. Tall. Wesley will tell him everything. Giles hisses for him to be quiet, and Wesley says, but he likes his kneecaps. <laughs> Bathazor orders Wesley to tell him everything, starting with the friend's name. 
Wesley didn't actually catch his name. Giles tells Bathazar to let Captain Courageous <laughs> go, and he'll tell him what he needs to know. Buff says, no, there is one deal. They will die fast or they will die slow. Now tell him, what is the name of the person who has his amulet? Arriving to the scene along with Buffy, <laughs> Angel tells them, his name's Angel. <laughs> and I was like, I knew that was coming. I mean, I've seen this episode yeah. a million times. And I don't even really like Angel, but I enjoyed that oh, moment. Angel, Angel in this scene, in this episode, like, you don't have much Angel. But, yeah, Angel in this episode is quality. And it feels like where he is going to be when he gets his own show. Yeah. This is like the level of sass that is what we come to really love about Angel. And as he does that, he punches some accolades. <laughs> the two fight, freeing Giles and Wesley as they do so, all of which Balthazar finds to be unacceptable. <laughs> and I do love that we get a kick-ass Giles with a sword moment during this fight. Oh, he did a headbutt. Yeah, he was. he's doing good. Yeah, yeah, he's... He's, yeah, he's he's top form. Fuck you, Wesley, for thinking that Giles should be out of the field. Eventually, Balthazar uses his powers to bring Angel to him, thinking it will get him his amulet. But Buffy knocks a light into his bath, electrocuting him. However, before he dies, he warns Buffy about him. Says when he rises, she will wish he killed her. So yeah, I think that kind of answers the question. Yeah. Whether the mayor was the one who banished him. Mm -hmm. But speaking of the mayor... We see the mayor sitting in the middle of a pentagram, chanting. A small earthquake follows, and when it's finished, the mayor expresses his disappointment in Alan's absence. Mm. He doesn't understand why he would miss it. Trick just wants to know if it worked. The mayor says, let's find out. <laughs> and orders Trick to open the cage, having returned the vampire's sword to him. Trick lets the vampire out, and he immediately cleaves the mayor's head in two. It stitches itself back together, and Trick stakes the vamp. The mayor crosses become invisible off his to-do list. <laughs> or become invincible. Invincible. I was, yes, off yes. Off his to-do list. Yeah. It says, this officially marks the 100 days. Nothing can harm him till the ascension. Makes him feel chipper. Who wants a root beer? I love, I love that, I love that become invincible is on his regular to-do list. Right to -do before list. I meet with the PTA. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you've ever met with a PTA... This you have true. got to become invincible to do that. So we end the episode the next day. Buffy goes to see Faith at the motel. Faith just doing her best Lady Macbeth as she continually <laughs> rinses and wrings out her shirt. With And I think she has a toothbrush doing it too. Yeah. Buffy says they need to talk about what they're going to do. Faith says there's nothing to talk about. She did her job. Being a slayer isn't the same as being a killer. And Faith can hide from her thoughts and her feelings all she wants but eventually someone is going to find a body. They says they're just going to have this conversation once. And really, they aren't even having it now. There is no body. Faith got rid of it. Buffy says that doesn't make the problem go away. Faith says it does for her. She killed a man. She doesn't care. The end. <sighs> so watching this episode this time <laughs> around, I found myself almost annoyed with it. Because I felt like, and again, I know, I know you need these episodes that set up everything that's going to come up. But that's what this episode was. Yeah. This episode was setting up like three different storylines. And so I kind of felt like everything happened in this episode. 
and nothing happens. Yeah. In this episode. That's that's how I feel when I watch this episode. Because I know we said before that a lot of stuff with Faith happens so fast. It does. And I and like looking back, I wonder if that's like why I didn't like Faith for a long yeah. time was because like she comes in and then she's never there. And then she comes back and then like everything happens so fast. And it's kind of like you don't really get a chance to know her. You don't really mm-hmm. get a chance to like her until you've watched the show all the way through and you can kind of appreciate mm-hmm. where this is going. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely, I definitely see that because, like, I like the, the whole, you know, we have to put her on the outside so that she can go the way that she's going, but it's too sporadic. With she's here, she's taking Buffy away from from her friends. She's spending so much time. Then she's gone. Then she's back again. It didn't build up enough. Because I yeah. do I do like the idea of the Slayer joining the other side. But yeah, it like it it I can't even describe the way that because, yeah, like, oh, they're they're doing things without you. So I'm evil, but I'm coming yeah. in and it, it, yeah, it, it's it's too disjointed is the word that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It's very disjointed. Like when you watch it all like this, everything with faith seems very disjointed. And I I feel like we should have, even with like the events of this episode, we should have drawn them out more because it's like this whole like Buffy goes on a rebellion and her and Faith Mm -hmm. become best. But that's like five minutes. It felt like for something like for some reason, every time that it's been a while since I've seen this episode, I feel like the rebellion has been longer. Yeah. Like it's not even like really a rebellion. Like she skips a test and yeah, like they steal stuff and like for but like, and they go dancing. But like, nobody notices like her weird behavior, <laughs> yeah. except for like Willow, who is like, "Why are you replacing me?" Like, there's not a chance for Giles to comment on it. Yeah, it's not really. Like, it just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm like, I know we had to have the events of this episode. Mm-hmm. I know the events of this episode are very important to everything that's coming later. But again, it is it's a filler episode. It is it's meant a very to get yeah. us- everything it's it's but it's not even filler because filler no, means no, that's true, but there's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. Like Yeah, like gingerbread is a filler episode because so, it's okay. yeah. I feel this way. I feel oh, I'm about to make a lot of people mad. Oh, I love when you make people mad. I feel about this episode the way I feel about Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> we're like you sit through this two and a half oh, hour movie wow. and then they're like yeah come back for the actual plot next time wow like it was a two and a half hour prologue oh you're going for the lord of the rings fans. i'm going for the lord of the rings today i mean it's not it's not any surprise to my fans who like lord of the rings that i feel this way i was just like with the with, like we sat through a prologue well like, see i under- I, I, I also feel that way about, like, I, I don't mind with The Lord of the Rings, with, with Fellowship of the Rings and, and that trilogy. I feel that way about The Hobbit. Oh, uh, I never saw The Hobbit movies because I heard they were really, 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 really bad. Because, see, they did what you are complaining about. I mean, at least Fellowship of the Ring was one book. Yes. And then the other two, they made... Three movies out of one book. I just, yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, this episode feels like a prologue. And I yeah. mean, I, I guess that's what it is, but it just, there's so much going on. And I feel like we don't spend enough time on any of those elements. Like, I feel like there's got to be a whole story as to why Alan was in that alley. Yeah, that's I what I've always wondered. Like, find out yeah. what it is. Yeah, like, I would have liked more Alan. Right? Because, like, like, you always get the sense that he is devoted to the mayor and the mayor values him. But also, like, he's fucking terrified. Like, he's always one step away like he always feels like he's one step away from being killed by the mayor yeah like somehow i had convinced myself that the reason alan was in that alley is he had come to find them to like warn them because i thought he said something when he died but again it's like this yeah giles's house i just oh convinced yeah myself this was something that happened oh yeah no i i i always i felt the same way about about the alan scene like i always felt like there was something bigger as part of the Slayer plot, like that mm-hmm. he basically was deciding to get out in a out of a, an abusive, toxic work situation. Yeah. Yeah. But no, just poor Alan <laughs> died for no reason, I guess, because he was taken the wrong way home. <sighs> poor Alan. <sighs> but um, when so I, I love- and I love like I do love the mayor being like, oh, why is that Al- Alan shouldn't be missing this? I would like- I know. Like the mayor does seem to genuinely like Alan. So that is good. Yeah. Uh, but yes, to totally switch gears. So as we all know, this is how Allison and her husband met because she is married to Alexis. Mm-hmm. And apparently she was immediately attracted to him. But he said he didn't date co-workers. Oh, yeah, that is that's so, such a sweet story. So they were friends for about a year. And I guess once he went to Angel, he figured they were removed enough. Yeah, because they're not that, actually working together. Yeah, that they could start dating. And then they were married in 2003. Yeah. So, yeah, their story is just so adorable. Yeah. And I do love, like, I do love the boundary that he set. Yeah. Because we, good, like, there are, boundary. I mean, there's so many stories of co-workers dating who are on TV shows and movies together. And it just doesn't oh, it does work out. Work but, but Sarah and Freddie. Sarah and Freddie, yes, they were co-workers. They've been and, doing Scooby Doo, and they're they're still so cute together. They are. So sometimes, so I mean, sometimes it works out. Like as soon as I said, you know, coworkers dating, of course, right away, my brain was like, oh wait, but Freddie and Sarah. Yeah, but then you have like Jennifer Morrison and every like all oh. like everybody she's ever dated because like her and what's his face it ended so badly that in like the final seasons of house they couldn't put them in oh yeah together anymore oh yeah yeah oh with the, then, oh yeah 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 the the um the australian guy the australian guy Chase. yeah i can't think of his real yeah. name right now um and then like her and sebastian ended badly i think did yeah. she ever actually date sebastian or was that just like a rumor i think i feel like that was a rumor yeah so yeah, but like every coworker she's ever dated, it's ended. Yeah, very she badly. needs to she needs to make the rule about not dating coworkers. Date them when you're not working. Like date them when the show ends or somebody's yeah. run on the show ends. Yeah, and then you're not like fucking everything up for everybody. But okay. Anyway, sorry yeah. to bring it down on Jennifer Morrison. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like Jackie said the other week. Guys are just here for the ride. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. If you it's like we are we are. Heading to the end of season three. By this point, you know what you're going to get from us. And if you've made it this far, thank you. (laughs) 
That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure you join us next time when we take on season three, episode 15, Consequences. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!